Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric Rasulior, and I gotta say, I have been looking forward to talking about this topic that we've got for you today since, really since before I started this show. We are going to be doing part one of our two-part Khajiit episode today on the different varieties of Khajiit. Now, it should be noted that you get to see a lot of these in the Elsewhere expansion, but I'll get into that here in a bit. So, my merchant and I are still hanging out in Canarthi's Roost. Merchant, how are you doing today? This one is super excited to finally be talking about Khajiit. Took you long enough, no? Yes, yes, I know. Like I said, I wanted to save the best for last, so... Before we get into that, though... I should address the elephant in the room. And this goes into the news segment of our story. So if you have been living under a rock, you might not know that there was some huge news about Bethesda a couple of days ago. Microsoft has paid $7.5 billion dollars for ZeniMax Studios and subsequently Bethesda. Now, Microsoft and Todd Howard from Bethesda have both released statements on this. So I am going to kind of go through what Todd Howard has said. So he says that he's had the joy of working with some of the most humble and talented and passionate people there are. They're part of his family, his good friends, and he's had the pleasure of partnering with many of the best gaming and tech companies in the world, but their longest and closest partner during their careers has been Microsoft. Now, it should be noted that the very first Elder Scrolls game that was on console was Morrowind and it was on the original Xbox. It was not on PlayStation. It was on PC. Like before that, all of the Elder Scrolls games, which is really what Bethesda that was their start was making Elder Scrolls games. So before Morrowind they were PC exclusive games, but the very first console um release for Bethesda was Morrowind and it was on the original Xbox. So he kind of talks about that a little bit and he said Microsoft and their new Xbox crew had a view that he came to share completely. So shouldn't we allow anyone to have this experience? Why does it matter when there's where the screen is or where the controller is? So basically, he's just like, yeah, you know, we're we're doing this and it's going to be a good thing. So one thing that people have been freaking out about is the fact that there were some Bethesda games that were going to be PlayStation exclusives, and they do say that they're going to be honoring those exclusivity deals for the time being. So games like Deathloop, I believe, was going to be a uh, PlayStation exclusive. That is still going to be the case for at least the time being. I can't imagine that game not coming out on other consoles later on. 
So, um, I'm going to kind of go over what some of the studios that Microsoft acquired with this deal. So, like I said, there is Bethesda Studios. Let me, um, there's Bethesda and there is Alpha Dog, which is known for games like Wraithborn, Monstrosity Rampage. And then there's Arcane Studios, which is known for Dishonored, Prey, and Deathloop. And, of course, there's Bethesda Game Studios, which is Elder Scrolls Fallout and the upcoming Starfield. And then there's id Software, which is known for Doom, Quake, and Rage. And then we got Machine Games, which is known for Wolfenstein, which, honestly, I thought was part of id Software, but I guess it's not. So there's also Roadhouse Studios, which doesn't have any games that are known at the moment, but they are upcoming. And then there's Tango Gameworks, which is known for The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. And then there's Zenimax, which I've mentioned, which is known for ESO and Fallout 76. So this, all of these were under the Bethesda slash Zenimax umbrella. So Microsoft has been making quite the rounds in buying other studios lately. So they've also got... Um, studios such as uh, Ninja Theory, which has uh, Hellblade Cinema's Sacrifice, and there's another upcoming release in that series. They also have Project Mara and Bleeding Edge. There is uh, 343 Industries, which is known for Halo. There's The Coalition, which has the Gears series. There's Compulsion Games, which is Contrast and We Happy Few. There's Double Fine Productions, which has like Psychonauts, and Brutal Legend, and Broken Edge. There's The Initiative, which again doesn't have no, it doesn't have any game games to their name today, but they are working on some. There's In Exile Entertainment, which is known for The Bard's Tale, which is a game I quite enjoy, and the Wasteland series. Then there's uh, Mo Mojang, I think is how you pronounce that, which is for the Minecraft games. And then, which is probably the most interesting, there is Obsidian, which is known for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Outer Worlds, and Fallout New Vegas. So, um, they, they also own Rare, which owns the Donkey Kong Country series, Battletoads, Everwild, Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Sea of Thieves, and Killer Instinct. So, then there's a couple others. So... I am very interested to see what happens with this in the future. So, there have been some doomsayers which thinks this is going to be the nail in the coffin for Bethesda. And like, oh my god, Bethesda has been going... It's just been circling the drain for the last several years. And this is just the last nail in the coffin for Bethesda. They're going to die off after this. I think that's bullshit. Um, I get so tired of seeing negativity on the internet. It's just... It, it's exhausting. How can you live your life being so damn negative? So, I think this is a good thing. And there is tons of potential that um, remains to be seen. So, um, another thing... Um, 
If you know me, you know that I am a big wrestling fan. I play wrestling games. I watch wrestling all the time. I am a subscriber for the WWE Network. Easy for me to say. Listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And just not even a half hour ago, I found out that Joe Laurinaitis, who is better known as one of the Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom, he was known as Road Warrior Animal, has passed away. So my condolences to the Laurinaitis family. And nobody, they haven't said what happened yet. I didn't even know that he was sick. So rest in peace, Joe Laurinaitis, the Road Warrior Animal. Um, yeah, um, I just thought that I'd put that out there. So we are going to take a short break and then I'm going to talk about all the different varieties of Khajiit. So uh, stay tuned. I'll see you on the other side. guys welcome back after that short break so i got so caught up in the microsoft purchase of bethesda that i completely forgot to talk about my gameplay so i'm going to do that real quick so i have been playing a little bit of eso not a ton i've kind of been taking a break from that i have been mainly playing skyrim so i've been playing a bit of skyrim i was doing more of the companion quest line i've been taking out the silver hand i haven't completely finished that yet um then i was doing some of the dark brotherhood starting quests i've almost got enough money to where i can start building lakeview manor is it lakeview or lakeshore i always get confused about that the fall creek buildable house so i've been doing that i've kind of been avoiding the um, main story not actively but mostly i've got the first quest to join the storm cloaks i'm definitely going to go storm cloaks and if you know me you know why i've talked about that extensively numerous times as to why i just don't like the empire where it is and Skyrim. We'll see what happens in Elder Scrolls 6 whenever that drops. So, yeah, that's my um, Skyrim play. I've been playing Fallout 76, obviously. So, patch 22 dropped, and now there's one wasteland. And again, I've seen a lot of bitching about that, but I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, the game is a little bit more challenging. You can't go to certain areas and find things like a third of your level anymore. Everything's scaled to your level. But that, and it, it takes maybe one or two more hits for something to die as opposed to one-shotting everything. Boo freaking who. So, um, also, places like the Cranberry Bog aren't quite as dangerous anymore. Yeah, you'll still have scorch beasts running around causing mass chaos but that would happen anyway one really nice thing there's actually a couple really nice things that came with this patch drop is the fact that because things are more geared 
geared, easy for me to say, toward your level, you get better experience points for these things. So instead of getting just a handful of points for something that's a third of your level, you'll get more level appropriate experience points. So I've been gaining like a level a day with the new scoreboard. And yeah, that's another thing is the new scoreboard. So I've made really good progress. I haven't done any of the daily op challenges yet. I'm probably going to try and start doing that soon. Um, I just don't really play with other people in Fallout 76. So I might try and join some random um, daily ops groups and see how it goes. I still don't care for battle royales. So I don't do the nuclear winter challenges all the time unless it's something like last X amount of minutes. That's fine. I can just hide in a bush somewhere and uh, move when the ring of fire starts closing in. So, yeah, I've actually really been enjoying this patch, this update. And another thing that they introduced is legendary perks. So I have mostly been playing melee with my character and I wanted to get better about ranged weapons like guns and stuff like that for the quests where you take on the Wendigo Colossus, you know, Earl and um, the Scorch Beast Queen. So there is a perk card. I originally got one that, you know, it might, there's a chance for revival if you die in power armor. I switched that out when I heard about this other perk card that allows you to have three points, or you're, you're like you're basically a master at lock picking and um, hacking computer terminals when you have this perk. So I opted for that one so I could put more points in perception and intelligence towards gun work. So that has been really cool. So thank you, Bethesda, for the legendary perks. And just for this patch in general, like I have really enjoyed this. I'm tired of, like I said, I'm tired of seeing the negativity on the internet like people just keep freaking out about oh my god they basically nerfed my character no they yes they did nerf uh, bloody builds but i think overall it's a really welcome rebalance of the game and it just makes it more accessible so i think it's a good thing um the other thing that i've been playing is wwe 2k battlegrounds and again, I've seen a lot of um, debate as to this game. I actually really enjoy it. So it's a lot more cartoony than the traditional WWE 2K series is, like 2K 18, 19, 20. You know, it's more of an arcade brawler than a standard like wrestling sim. So <laughs> you can toss people outside to crocodiles you can jump over the guardrail get this remote control and control this goat and have this goat just start ramming people in the ass um the one thing that is a little off is the fact that most of the people you have to unlock 
so that that's something that's kind of weird um you would think that if you paid for the deluxe edition it would just unlock everybody but no that's not the case so you have to grind a little bit but it's really not that hard to do that so just you just got to take your time gain those uh, currency points and unlock people so and i guess it should be noted that the characters come in action figure boxes so you're not i guess the story behind this game is you're not actually playing like real people you're playing action figures almost like how super smash brothers characters are toys as opposed to the actual characters so that really has been my gameplay i played a little bit of fallout 4 but not a ton so let's get into the Khajiit. So I should note that as always, my information comes from the UESP article, the unofficial Elder Scrolls page. So what's really cool, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is that a lot of these varieties of Khajiit you actually see in the Elsewhere expansion for ESO. So the, um, variety of the Khajiit that are born are determined at the date of birth and it's basically it has to do with the phases of the moons now in the Elder Scrolls world there are two moons and in elsewhere they're known as Joan and Jode so after so basically yeah the the, the way the Khajiit is is determined by the phases of the moon. Well, the moons, both moons. So after birth, Khajiit look very similar and smaller than newborn humans. So within weeks after, their individual, excuse me, individual morphology becomes more clear and their growth is faster than that of humans. And the lifespan of a Khajiit is about the same as a man. So once a Khajiit shape is determined at birth, it will stay that way for the rest of their life. And it's not compared to shape-shifting like lycanthropy. It's considered heretical to the lunar Latisse, but it's possible. So there are 17 distinct firstocks, which is what the variety of a Khajiit is called. And although the Imperial Geographical Society has previously claimed that there are more than 20 first stocks, there are first stocks with the suffix of rot, R-A-H-T, which basically just means they're giant versions of whatever that morphology is. So common to all Khajiit is their weakness for sweets, especially skooma. So yeah, moon sugar. <laughs> This one loves moon sugar. Oh, do you? Yes. Though, I don't keep skooma in stock very much. Not good for guards, no? I guess not. So, within Khajiiti society, all forms are granted respect regardless of their size and shape, but outside of elsewhere, less humanoid Khajiit, such as Alfik and Centrod, face more discrimination than their bipedal counterparts. Which is probably why in most of the games outside of the Elsewhere province of ESO, 
you don't see a lot of these. You mainly just see one variety. Although in the original game, Arena, you do see a different one. And you do see some in Morrowind too. Like there's, I'll get into that when we get to that. So different first stocks can engage in romantic pairings, though some can prove to be more physically challenging than others. I can imagine that. So let's get into some of the different uh, morphologies. So first off, we've got the Alfique. Alfique are a diminutive form of magically gifted Khajiit, and they resemble typical house cats. Yeah, you actually see some in the elsewhere. Like, they talk like normal humans, or like normal Khajiit, but they basically look like house cats. So, the, the, their resemblance to common house cats has led many to treat them as such, which I can imagine how frustrating that would be. So, they either down like and some of them kind of run with this so they either downplay their intelligence by cueing at people or attempting to cuddle them and it's rumored that among outsiders that Alfik are mute but they are in fact capable of speech yeah there's actually a quest line in ESO where you're being led around by this drunken Alfik it's pretty funny so, the misconception that Alfik are incapable of speech may derive them from scholarly, scholarly reduction of Alfik due to their status as housecats, or from a disc, disinclination of Alfik to talk in the presence of outsiders. Due to the disrespect that Alfik get as a result of their form, they rarely travel outside of elsewhere. All these factors result in Alfik resenting being labeled as house cats, which I can imagine that would be horrible. You are as smart as you are, and as magically gifted as you are, and you're treated like a pet. Like, come on. So, Alfik are born when Masser is waning and Secunda is full. So, Masser is the bigger of the two moons. And Secunda is the smaller one. So Masser is waning and Secunda is full. I, yeah, uh, definitely check out the article, the uh, UESP.net article. It's UE, uh, sorry, e, it's, sorry, it's UESP.net slash wiki slash lore colon Khajiit is where I'm getting my information from. So, and like I said, anything with the word rot, R-A-H-T, at the end of their um, name is basically just a larger version of said morphology. So, there are rot variations of Alfique. So, basically, they just look like giant house cats. So, and that's pretty much all that's known. Um, the main, the one difference is Alfik Rot are born when Masser is waning and Sakuna is waxing. So next up we have the Cathay, and Cathay are slightly larger than the Suthay Rot, but the most obvious difference is that they have plantigrade legs. So, and there's some pictures of Cathay and ESO and in Legends, the card game. And Cathay are born when Masser is waxing and Secunda is full. And then, of course, we also have a rot variation of the Cathay. 
and this is the nickname of these are the Jaguar men by the Imperial Geographical Society and despite this they can have a wide range of patterns and don't resemble that don't resemble Jaguars and they are said to be more agile than a werewolf which that is impressive and they also possess phyllic barbs and the Cathayrat are born when Masser and Secunda are both waxing. So next up we have the Dagi, D-A-G-I, and they are a less common form of Khajiit and they live in the southern marshes and jungle regions of elsewhere, as well as the Tenmar forests. And physically they have less facial features that are capable, that are comparable to that of lynxes. Sorry, they have facial features that are com comparable to that of lynxes and are short in stature, making them among the smallest of the first stock due to their light weight. And they have been reported as being able to dwell in the higher branches of trees that cannot hold a Bosmer. So the pictures that I'm seeing on the uh, wiki page do have the lynx-like ears. And they have kind of the, the fur that go down toward the bottoms of their they're like kind of toward their jawline below their jawline so um due to their inclination to climb trees they are comp they're compared to monkeys though this is considered insulting i can imagine but there are some folklore claims that a mummified doggy paw can grant witches wishes at a price marrying the stories of the monkey paws among the bosmer wonder how that got started According to possibly unreliable reports from the Bosmer, Doggy are suspected to be skilled spellcasters. You know, why not? Actually, the picture in the, uh, from the Legends card game actually shows a Doggy casting a spell. So, Doggy are born under a waning Masser and a new Secunda. So... And then, of course, there's the doggy rot. And similar to doggy, the rot's facial features resemble that of lynxes, but some variations exist. And they still prefer to live among trees rather than on the ground, and they are reported to live in the Tenmer Forest. And due to their stature and light frame, they are able to dwell in the higher jungle branches that cannot hold a Bosmer. Additionally, they are suspected to have more talent with magic than outside stereotypes would suggest. This is generally, um, like, like other races, it kind of varies, so. And the doggy rot are born when Master and Secunda are waning. Like, they're both waning. And next up is one that I kind of hinted at earlier in the Elder Scrolls Arena game. So, in Arena, the pictures from the racial selection screen with Khajiit, they don't look like cats. They look more like man, or at least man-faced. And they're visually like the Bosmer, although sometimes shorter. But just at first glance, you wouldn't know that it's a Khajiit. You'd think that it's an elf or a man. So, but the description does say that they are feline. 
so to avoid being mistaken as such, they're they're called the ohms, O-H-M-E-S. So the ohms, typically what they do to avoid confusion is they tattoo or paint their faces to resemble a cat. So like they'll have like the lines like a cheetah or something like that. But like I said, at first glance, you wouldn't know that it's a variation of a Khajiit. You would think it's a man or an elf, but yeah. So the Imperial Geographical Society previously previously claimed them to be the most common kind of Khajiit to be encountered outside of elsewhere. And usually as adventurers or diplomats. So I can see why that would be the case. You would think it would be a little less jarring to see something that doesn't look like a walking, talking giant cat. But I guess they're a little bit, you know, people are used to it now. But they are, in fact, seen far less often than other fur stocks. So, ohms are born when Masser is a new in the new phase and Secunda is full. So, yeah, definitely check out the UESP article on this uh, just to see some pictures of the different varieties of Khajiit. So, of course, there are um, a rot version of the ohms. And, like I said, they can easily be mistaken as an elf or a man. But just like men, they also walk walk on their heels. In contrast to men and myrrh, though, a body of ohms rot... The body of ohms rot is covered in light fur, and they do have a tail. And as ohms, they also paint their face to resemble the feline aspect. The spirit, uh, the spirit Boethra, has been depicted as distinct from any known fur stock, but displays some similarity to the ohms rot fur stock. So, yeah, I I would definitely recommend checking out the article just to see what these look like. There is a statue of an ohms rot. Um, it doesn't say... Well, let me click on the picture here and see if it says where it is. Because normally it'll be like, oh, this is an ESO or whatever. So this picture... Um, yeah, it doesn't say where it's from. So... I guess, oh, okay, it actually is uh, from ESO. So, uh, next up we have the Pamar, P-A-H-M-A-R, and they are still, they're a bipedal first stock that's similar to their bigger counterparts, the Pamar Rod, and they kind of resemble the cinch variety. They, they're more tiger looking than most of the others so that's about all that it says about they're they're basically bipedal um tiger looking cats so the palmer are born when the when masser is full and secunda is new oh and i think i forgot to mention the omerat are born when masser is new and secunda is waxing so um, as with the rest of the first stock, there is a rot version of the Palmer, and they are—they're basically just a giant tiger-looking bipedal cat. 
So they are the strongest of the first talk, and they are usually deployed as bodyguards and warriors. And like the Palmer first stock, they resemble cinch tigers. But the Pomerot differ that they are larger and more dangerous. Yeah, I, I'd, I wouldn't want to fuck with one of those. And they have the plantigrade legs and are very, very tall. And you actually do see some like Palmer and Pomerot in ESO. I encountered them in the Elsewhere storyline. So but yeah, you just see like these giant looking tigers walking around and I'm like I don't know how much I would want to mess with you guys so Pomerat are born when Master and Secunda are both waning or when Master is full and Secunda is waning so and I just mentioned the Sench so Sench are often confused with their tiger like cat tiger sized cat like cousins and lesser sentient cousins, the cinch cats. So this is due to Khajiit also using the term cinch to describe them. The cinch first stock is said to be similar to the Pomerot in size, but these are actually quadrupeds. They are very large, standing about as tall as an Altmer or having shoulder height at a, of a horse. And some say their weight is comparable to that of 20 Altmer, which may be a bit of an exaggeration. That is really heavy. Their forelimbs are thick, and their rear limbs are one and a half times as long, giving them an ape-like appearance. They have tawny fur, ribbon with stripes, and colored of dry blood. Some of them, some of them are used as steeds, if the cinch permits them to. Yeah, you can actually, in ESO, there are cinch mounts that you can use. I actually have them. So yeah, you basically just run around. When you start sprinting, it'll roar. <clears throat> so cinch are born when Messer and Secunda are both full. And of course, there is a rot version of the cinch. So their nicknames are the battle cats. And the cinch rot are larger and slower than that of a cinch. And they possess a shorter body span and slighter legs so, sorry straighter legs the average centrot stands about two times the height of an altmer and can weigh as much as 50 of uh, 50 altmer <laughs> that's a lot of altmer however these measurements may be exaggerated nonetheless they are the largest of all the Khajiit first stocks and due to their appearance centrot are often mistaken for beasts outside of elsewhere and may be attacked on sight centrot however are intelligent beings with great memory incapable of speech and can cast spells Although, like the cinch, they can function as mounts and beasts of burden and war, they dislike being lowered to beastly status. I can imagine. If they're sentient and can talk, I would be insulted. They prefer to be seen as equals and dislike when their riders are labeled as owners and handlers. So, there is, I believe in the city of Rimen in ESO, there is kind of like a, a pool area. And there are centrots just kind of hanging out in there. So, um, and on the article, there are pictures of armored centrots. And they, there's also a picture from the Legends card game. And it is in battle mode. Like, its claws are extended. It's roaring. 
and it's charging at you. I would not want to be on the receiving end of that. But you can just walk up in ESO and have conversations with Centrots. So, again, if you haven't played ESO, I highly recommend it. There is a lot of lore in these games, and I just love it. So, Centrots are born when Master is full and Secunda is waxing, or when Master is full and Secunda is waning. So, um, we just got a couple more here. And um, so, next up is the Suthe. These are probably the ones you're most familiar with. The Suthe are similar to the Suthe rods, save for the lesser stature, obviously. Suthe are, Suthe, like the Suthe rot, they are evidently bipedal and have digit, digitigrade, easy, that is a difficult word to pronounce, legs. So, Suthe are born when Masser and Secunda are new. And the Suthe rot, obviously they're a larger version of the Suthe, but they are sometimes incomprehensibly for Khajiit themselves nicknamed Jakajit. And they are similar in height and build to the races of man, and like the Suthe, they have digitigrade legs. And they are completely covered in fur of different colors and patterns and have a tail. Claws are present on hands and feet, and their legs, sorry, their heads appear to be very cat like. Suthe Rot are known to be good jumpers, agile, sneaky, and have a bold spirit. This makes them good adventurers and traders. However, not as good warriors as the Cathay Rot. Suthe Rot are able to purr and hiss, and they have phallic barbs. Suthe Rot first stock are the most common in... Sorry, they were the most common in Marwin, specifically on Vardenfell toward the end of the Third Era. Yeah, there's actually a picture on the... um, Sec- the Suthe Rot section of the article that shows a Suthe Rot in Marwind. So I'd say they're probably the most common of the um, the first stock, aside from the Cathay. So next up we have the Tojay, and little is known about the Toje, except that they live in the southern marshes and jungle regions of elsewhere, as well as the Tenmer Forest. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, the Suthe are born when Masser and Secunda are both new, and the Suthe Rot are born when Masser is new and Secunda is waning. The Toje are born when Masser is waxing and Secunda is new. And then also there's a Rot version of the Toje, and little is known also of the Toje Rod, except that they evident, evidently are bipedal and have digitigrade legs. So, in the article, it just shows a couple of statues of the Toje and the Toje Rod. So, I don't know if they're an extinct variety or they're just not a lot of them. So, um, the Toje Rod are born when Master is waxing and Secunda is waning. So, finally, we have the Main. And the Main is a unique kind of Khajiit. Khajiiti tradition holds that only one Main can be alive at a time. And more specifically, they believe there is actually only one Main who is reborn again and again in different bodies. 
So basically, whoever is the main just gets reincarnated as the next main. There have been no recorded incidents of more than one main contending for power, although whether due to the truth in the Khajiiti belief or whether the ruling main takes care of any potential rivals is unknown. Mains can only be born under the eclipse. So, and it's a rare alignment of Master Tsukuda. According to legend, a third moon, known as the Dark Moon, appears at this time, and the people born during this time period are susceptible to be to becoming Dromatura. I don't, I'm not, I don't have to look that up. In older days, the Khajiit would shave off their manes in deference to the mane, braiding them into locks, which the mane would incorporate into their own mane. The mane in those days was so weighed down by the hair that movement was difficult without aid, and they often traveled the countryside by means of a palanquin. As the population grew, however, this became impractical. The Khajiit still remove their manes to honor the mane, and the mane in turn wears a headdress that has the hair of the mane's tribe, and the warrior guild attached to it, which includes several hundred in number. So... There's actually a picture of a main being carried by other Khajiit. And ESO, it does show a main with, um, so I, his name is Akuz, A-K-K-U-Z-R-I, um, Akuzri. And it shows the headdress with the hair attached to it, so... Like I said, definitely check out the article if you want to see pictures of all of these different Khajiit. In Daggerfall, the Khajiit are a little... Kind of like the ones in Arena where they're more human-like, but it does show them having tails. It also should be noted that Arena came out in like 94. So when you're actually traveling around the cities like arena is the only other game outside of eso that has every single province in the uh, in the game so the the backgrounds are different when you go to different um provinces but the npcs all look the same so but it did say in the description of a sheet that they are feline even though they look human or elvish. So that is really it when it comes to the different first stocks of Khajiit. Like I said, definitely pick, uh, definitely check out the article so you can see pictures of all these. There apparently are Suthe Rot and Redgar, um, an Elvish Scrolls Adventure Redguard, which is the only Elder Scrolls game where you don't make your own character. Um, the Shadow Key doesn't... I mean, it was a mobile game, so it is what it is. But, um, like I said, I highly recommend checking out the um, article or play ESO. Get the Elsewhere chapter of ESO so you can actually see a lot of these quote-unquote in person. So I highly recommend that. It's such a great game anyway. Um, I got a couple of notes here. Um, and it does 
the article does say that Arena features Ohms as the playable Khajiit first stock. Uh, Marwin features the Suthe Rod as the playable first stock. And they were first seen in Redguard. Um, ESO features the Cathay as the playable first stock. Although they were previously stated to be Suthe Rod. So um, there's also articles on how Khajiit uh, fe- names are featured. So I'll get into the history of the Khajiit in the next episode. So I want to thank the Hive, as always, for um, sponsoring this show. So if you want to reach out to me um, with some ideas or just to say hey, um, you can follow me on Twitter at... Tamriel P. You can follow me on Instagram at Tamriel Adventures. You can email me at Tamriel Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me in ESO. Um, you can, I, I do have a guild for the Hive both on PC North America and on Xbox. Um, you can find me on the Xbox at Sulior, S-U-L-I-O-R-E. That should be easy, easy enough to remember. You can find me on PC North America, although I play more on um, Xbox these days than PC. I do play on PC from time to time. Um, my screen name is E-E Gold, E-E-G-O-L-D. I do have a Discord if you want to join me on Discord, um, there will be a link in the show notes for this show, um, as well as the link for the Hives Discord. You can find me on Twitch. I stream several times a week on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv slash And that is about it. So I will wrap up the Khajiit in two weeks. Um, also, I do have another show on Nintendo, it is called Nintendo. I give you the info on Nintendo, hence Nintendo. Nintendo just this past weekend celebrated its first birthday, and we have a special episode where we had several other shows on. We had my friends Fresh Tomatoes, we have the Nintendads, and we have Jameson from the DL, and also Durka. Uh, joined us once again for that episode. He's been absent from the show for a little bit. With that show, I am about to wrap up the series that I've been doing on Fire Emblem, and I will be starting a new series here pretty soon on Pokemon. So I am very excited to get into Pokemon. I am a huge Pokemon fan. I have been playing since the first generation, so very excited to get into that so like i said with this show i'm going to be wrapping up the races series here in two weeks and then i will be starting a series on the adra and the daedra so until then as always stay safe adventurers